gonna look twice at you Until I see the Christ in you Welcome once again to our conversations in Fig Walking Community, the meditations. I, I sometimes want to call them transformation conversations. <laughs> that is a term that we use in Fig Walking to talk about conversations that that are helpful, that help us to transform. Uh, but uh, we have been exploring for uh, several weeks about uh, this idea of seeking God. Such a wonderful and deep, uh, open idea. What does it mean to seek God? We have been journeying, kind of uh, using as a guide uh, Trevor Hudson and his book, Seeking God, Finding Another Kind of Life with St. Ignatius and Dallas Wheeler. Isn't that amazing how we all help each other, right? I Ignatius and Dallas Wheeler are helping uh, Trevor Hudson and Trevor Hudson and, and all of them are helping us today. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful, right? We are in this together. It makes me think of, of this uh, beautiful... Um, yeah, testament, if you want, that we have a cloud of witnesses in this journey. So this is our second conversation, though, about uh, one chapter of the book that talks about discerning our deepest desires. And uh, I was sharing with uh, the group earlier how this has been very real for me in these last several weeks. This idea of, of uh, acknowledging or discerning or bringing this idea of desire, what I want, into my spiritual awareness, my spirituality, right? Sometimes I feel that I have compartmentalized that. You know, spirituality maybe is not necessarily about wanting, right? About surrendering, about listening, about many things, but this idea of wanting has been helpful, uh, not necessarily very new, but very helpful, very fresh today. So we talk about that uh, in our last uh, conversation, and we talk about how in, in that desiring, we might be uh, becoming present to something of God in us. Not necessarily, right? We talk about the formation of desires. Some desires were planted by God in us. Some others have been uh, more formed by uh, our experiences, our culture. Sometimes we, we have, I, I like to think also of desires that are kind of uh, surface desires, right? And they are not really, but they are pointing, but not directly to something deeper going on in us. So you can go back and listen to the previous conversation to to get into that conversation or to that uh, that part of this topic of desires. Today we're going to continue and um, the real point is, I will say, is simple and very meaningful. Uh, getting uh, into kind of a tool that is helpful to discern our desires. And, and a reminder that, that our desires matter, right? We need to learn to discern. Uh, our desires because that insight that we are talking about. And that insight is not only about something with God, which is important, but it might be very practical. 
I've been really thinking a lot and talking a lot about uh, calling with people and how there, there might be a hint of our calling in, in, in those desires. Uh, they might point towards uh, the life that God is wanting us to have. Um, and definitely they might help us to grow in intimacy with God, which is a very clear reality. You know, there are seasons of, of, of time when we get to, to the lack of desire, maybe, right? The fact that we are not desiring or we are not getting something that is satisfying, we need to pay attention. That is a beautiful way of thinking of, of uh, spirituality. Might this be something that God is using to tell us about where we are, where our souls are? Anyway, in this second part, briefly, I want just to to, to mention Drew uh, Hudson, the author of the book, uh, gives us this tool to discern desires. It might be something that you're very familiar. Maybe you got out of uh, your own reading and Bible study, but he uses the story of Bartimaeus famous story of, of the Bible, right? And uh, the blind man, Bartimaeus, um, being in the road and listening or hearing that Jesus is coming. Somebody's telling him about Jesus is coming. And, you know, standing up or, or, or whatever, start yelling, you know, Jesus, son of God, have mercy on me. To the point that he gets Jesus' attention. And uh, even though at the beginning all the disciples are trying to say, come on, be silent. <laughs> when Jesus say, bring him, bring him close to me, all those disciples might come and say, come on, the, the master is calling you. And that little interaction, so meaningful, so helpful. Now, he has spoken to my life and he's speaking to my life now. And, and Jesus calling him and saying, what do you want me to do for you? Right, and I imagine Bartimaeus thinking for a while, right, uh, but then responding eventually with a true desire, I want to see. And Jesus granting him sight, and uh, the miracle taking place, and Bartimaeus going on the way. Anyway, you know the story, right? But he, the author, uses this story to to point to this tool. What, what is the application if we think of desires? And, and he points it to three, three, three uh, uh, steps, if you want, in, in using this tool. The first one is to notice your desires. Like Jesus asking you, what do you want me to do for you? And that, that I, I being familiar with that, with that challenging question. If Jesus will come today and look me in the eye and say, okay, Marcos, here I am. What do you want me to do for you? What will be my answer? And the truth is, I don't know if I will say the first thing that comes to my mind. <laughs> I, I would probably have to pause, right? And uh, that is the idea, that invite you to pause and to listen to your heart and become present to what your heart wants. Is what is the real thing that I'm looking for, right? And uh, it's, it's very insightful to think that some people find this easy. But not all of us. For some of us, this is hard. We don't want to really 
think deeply about what we really want. Maybe because when we really uh, or we come present, become present to what we really want, we have to touch a place of hurt, pain, cynicism, resignation. Oh, I don't want to give myself permission to remember that I want that because I have wanted that so long, for so long, and it never comes to fruition. It never happens. So I prefer to numb it, medicate it, go around it, talk about other things, right? That's, I will say, one of the problems. For some of us, others, right, and this might be more more common probably, the, it, this is hard because we don't have time, period. Busy, 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 busy. I don't have time to have those conversations with myself, my soul, that matter. I'm busy trying to pay the bills, work, kids, and et cetera, et cetera. And, and I think that is, is a reality of our, of our season of life. And what I mean season, season of this world. You know, we are so, we have talked so many times, we have so committed to productivity, multitasking, that it is hard. A client told me, I mean, this, this morning, uh, and I really want to have that conversation with my wife. I really, I really want to. But my gosh, I'm going to get home today at 9 p.m. And I'm going to be tired. And I'm not going to want to talk. And tomorrow I have to wake up at 5.30. There you go. That is pointing a part of the problem. So the impact of not being present to our desires, uh, this is in my own words, is that we live a life at surface level. Right, We don't get present to our own hearts. There is no inner life. There, there is more like a, just a, a very surface level, you know, oh, I want ice cream. I need to eat. I, I, I need to, to drink something. I need to go to bed. But we don't get into deeper conversations. Imagine if all your conversations are very surface level. How are you doing? Fine, fine. <laughs> right. And Part of that impact, the living surface level, is that we are caught, stuck in what we will call the lesser desires. Things that matter less than we think. Okay, so that's our first thing, right? We learn to notice our desires. That's a big, big step. <laughs> the second one is not easier. I don't know, at least it is not for me, but it is to sift through my desires. What do you want more? What do I want more? Seek for the deepest desire. And you know, oh geez, the deeper desire sometimes is, I, I perceive is, is where I find the pain <laughs> for me. I was sharing about some things that I desire for other people that I love. Um, healing but the truth is that healing even healing is still a little bit surface i really want healing jesus really gave sight to bartimaeus but the part of this work of sifting desires have made me aware of that my real desire is not only healing it is a relationship with god or, or, or something i really would love um you know people i know my my, my daughter my my 
people that that matter to me to to find uh, in God an anchor. It's it's like our kids, right? You you all know I have five, but I want uh, for them to to have lives that are good. But I really what I really want for them is to find that refuge, that stronghold, that relationship. I cannot I cannot provide that. And that is something that I cannot do. I cannot do it myself. But this is something that only uh, can happen in their own lives. Each one of us desire. That's an example of how this this is this for me, this is this for me. But sifting to my desires, what do I really want more? Wow, is a is a seeing myself in a different way. And finally, um. Learning to ask for what we desire. I don't know. It has hit me also. <laughs> I'm, I'm good to ask for what I should ask. Sometimes it's harder to ask for what I really want. And part of that is that I'm afraid that if I ask, it will say no. And that is not necessarily a kind of a sinful, rebellious attitude. It is just, yeah, facing that uh, is not in my hands. I guess it's the illusion of independence, right? I can give myself what I desire. Well, not not really. Ask as Bartimeo asked. You know, I always thought in this story, and probably a little bit of. Um, fantasy involved in the sense of uh i imagine bartimaeus thinking wow should i get to ask to give me sight <laughs> i mean is that maybe i could ask for money right maybe i could ask for a, a house or or something so i don't have to beg he was begging maybe i could ask for companionship maybe i could ask for a strength to endure my life more pain <laughs> and all that even sound Pretty cool, right? But uh, do I dare to ask? Give me. Let me see. Give me sight. Hmm. It takes something of me. It's humble. It's vulnerable. It's tender. I love uh, that because that is the essence of interaction. Right? The essence of naming what we want. And the invitation for you and for me is, is to think that God will meet us there. And we dare to name what we want. Somehow we want, yes, but I want God to say yes. <laughs> right? I want God to say, who, who can give me that insurance? We pay for insurance, right? I want the insurance too. There's no insurance. Asking takes uh, something else from us. So that's a little tool. I don't know. It's easy to remember. Not is your desire. Sift through your desires and ask for your desires. Ask for what you want. Let me finish just also pointing. This is a beautiful picture um, that um, is part of the of the book i really like that and i don't know right now it eludes me who 
who is the author of this, but it's an, it's an analogy, metaphor between uh, the husband uh, or the the groom and, and the bride, right? And uh, the idea is, can you imagine if life uh, and this relationship with God will be like a husband who is going to, or a, a groom who is going to marry a bride and, you know, and the moment of courtship, he says, you know, uh, I love you and I want to give you all the beauty, life, beautiful life and all that. Our love is pure and is real, but I want to tell you something. Once we get married, I really don't care for what you want. Okay? Because you're going to love me. I'm going to, you know, you're only going to want what I want you to want. And in a way, kind of it eliminates the, the, the reality of the uniqueness of the bride. I don't know if that makes sense. I hope it does. But uh, it is not like that. There is something deeper like that. Obviously, there is a sifting. There is a discernment of desires. There are desires that are not necessarily desires that are uh, the desires that God has planted in me. And there is a lot of, of, of learning into that. But yeah, I truly believe that Jesus loves me. And he cares for what I desire too. And it's not far, right? I love my kids and I care for them. And in the best work scenario, I would like them to give them what they want. But it doesn't mean that all that they want is necessarily what they get or is good for them. So you get the point, right? Our deepest desires matter because they point us to God. There's something here to learn from God. So, Let's open our dialogue and our conversation. Uh, suggest suggested questions or things for for us to share. Um, how it is for you to notice, to sift, and to ask for your desires? It's easy, but what is easy? It's hard. And I'm talking this uh, mainly with God. You, you might notice that it's also hard to ask for what you want to, in your close relationships or not. I mean, you you might choose to to talk about that too, but um, is there something that uh, gets in the way of noticing your desires? Too much work, too little rest, fear. And finally, have you experienced your desires pointing to God? Have you found that, that those moments when you have found in that desire God's desire for you? Is, is, is that part of your journey? Have you experienced that saying, oh my gosh, I never imagined that this could be from God too. So, let's, let's have a conversation. So, Judith, would you like to start? Okay, I'm, yes, I am unmuted, good. Um, yeah, these are, these are good questions. I think that I tend not to go deep enough with my desires. Um, I think I deal more with the immediate and especially right now. Um, 
what's my desire for this evening, for example? Um, and I'm trying to notice, I'm trying to go deeper with this. And I think my conversation with Ken really helped because it acknowledged um, more of the depth of where I am right now, my desire for feeling like I belong in this community, um, in this congregation, in this church community, in this neighborhood. I think fear gets in the way. Um, I hate to admit that I have, that I deal with fears um, and probably too many. Um, probably came from my first formation, just thinking about all the times my, my mom would say, now be careful, this could happen, be careful. You don't wanna do that, because this, be careful. And um, that, that didn't give me a lot of latitude, I think. And so I, I do struggle with that. I am grateful, however, that I believe what I really want is pointing me towards God more. Um, seeing this community here, being more a part of it so that I can, I, I can, I don't want this, I don't want this to sound proud, but so that, that I can share the, the person that God has created me to be with the people around here. Um, and so that I can experience a God, who God created them to be as well. Um, and that does take relationship. That, that isn't casual, usually. That, that takes some time. Um, so it's, it, this is an ongoing place for me. I was really glad to reread the chapter this morning because it, it, it did speak to where I am and how I'm feeling about things right now. Maybe that's not as specific as you would have liked, Marcos, but I think that's where I am right now. Oh. It's wonderful, Judith. Actually, it's uh, such a such a gift, such a gift because it's, as you say, is where you are. And as as you were talking, what what came to mind is, yeah, we we don't sometimes get too close, too deep into our desires because yeah, it's it's painful, but. Um, you know, without desire, there's no longing. Without longing and really understanding what's what we really want. Yeah. You know, our prayers are also very uh, surface level, kind of, right? Right. And uh, the, the the deeper thing, I mean, the, the, the absence of something makes me makes me feel the need of something. And, and maybe that is... What God wants, right? To for me to be present, that prayer becomes longing, and that longing, or that desire becomes longing, that longing becomes prayer, and that prayer mm -hmm. is what God produces in us. And yeah, thank you. You're Beautiful. welcome. Thank you, Laura. How is this for you? Um, this is a challenge for me. Uh, 
noticing, sifting, and asking for my desires, I think are all hard. Um, this is something I've been working through in the faith walking modules even recently. Um, like, I, I think I have a hard time uh, realizing my own desires and acknowledging them or thinking they're valid. Like, I kind of feel like I gaslight myself. <laughs> um like when there's things that I want or need, it's easy for me to, I think my, like literally my default thought when I want something is to first be like, oh, I don't really need that. Or like, that's not really important. Or, um, you know, that's not a valid desire. Uh, yeah, that's like my, my go-to is to assume that my own desires and, and feelings and stuff are wrong. Um, so this is a challenge for me because I think when I, uh, yeah, when I have desires, I usually immediately try to invalidate them or talk myself out of having desires, um, which I think uh, probably comes from a place of fear. Like if I don't, you know, if I don't articulate that I have any needs or wants, then I can't be disappointed if other people don't meet them. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and then asking for them. Um, is challenging. It's hard for me to be assertive uh, because I feel like they're not valid things to ask for. Um, or even if, even if I can identify things that um, seem really legitimate, I think I'm still hesitant to speak up about them because with people because um, I'm afraid that they'll not get met and then I'll be disappointed. So I, it's easier to just not address it. Um, when it comes to talking to God about desires and, and, and prayer and stuff. Um, I think that is easier for me. Um, but I think sometimes even in that, I kind of cop out with just, you know, your will be done, whatever you want, which not that that's a bad prayer. Um, but then it also kind of absolved me from having to think about my desires or what is it that I really want. Um, actually I'm in this group. It's not the one I talked about earlier, but the, it's like an online, uh, women's group. Um, for like a niche demographic, but uh, it's based on this book and that has like different skills. And one of the, one of the skills is um, like just thinking about how do I feel and what do I want? Um, and that's one, when I post things from my own life in this group, like people will post, you know, different situations and, and seeking advice from other people, or how should I deal with this in, you know, in the way that, that this talks about. Um, and that's one that people respond back to me a lot. How do you feel? What do you want? Um, because I struggle with that. Um, I think I can identify how I feel, but then what do I want? Uh, yeah, I have a hard time with what do I want? Uh, and then if I can say, what do I want? I have a hard time with how do I get there? Like, what's my next step? What's going to, you know, I can like this big picture ethereal, this is what I want. Um, but then practically what can I do in my life? That's going to help me get there is a whole different struggle. Um, yeah, so I guess that, I guess that's the second one too, about things getting in the way of, of my desires is me. I'm the thing getting in the way of noticing my desires, uh, just psyching myself out of it. Um, and then how have I experienced my desires pointing towards God? That is a tough one for me to answer. Um, cause even when I think about what God wants, I think I fall into most of the same, uh, most of the same kind of traps in my thinking, like, you know, if there's something that I want, even if I could think, 
this is clearly aligned with, with God's will. Um, sometimes I still try to talk myself out of it of why that would not be for me or why that would not be in this situation or, um, you know, how it doesn't apply at that point in time or in that circumstance. Um, probably again, because, uh, yeah, then I don't have to be upset. Uh, I don't get it if I never say uh, that I want it. So I think, um, I think they do sometimes, they definitely sometimes point to God. Um, but there's still a disconnect for me about, yeah, even things that like scripturally I could 100% back up or I would advise someone else, you know, like I don't know if anyone else has heard, you know, if somebody else was in your position and they asked you for advice, what would you tell them or something? And like, I know what I would tell people and then what I would tell myself are not even on the same page. Um, even when I could really biblically back something up that like, this desire is good and it aligns with the will of the Lord. Um, it still is hard for me to say like, Oh, that's what I want. Or I try, you know, it's, it's easier for me to downplay it. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a CS Lewis quote where he talks about, and I think about it a lot because I think it is a, it's a, a challenge for me and has been for years. And he talks about like that our, our dreams aren't too big. If, if anything, our bigs are, our dreams are not too big, but too small. And he says, we're like, we're like kids that are content making mud pies in a city slum because we can't even imagine uh, what it would mean to have a vacation on the beach. Um, and that we're just far too easily pleased. He says we're, you know, we're half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us. Um, and I think that a lot of times that's where I'm at in my small thinking um, and this is what I want. And God even gave me a picture about this when I was at this women's retreat this weekend about like we went for a hike and we walked through a um a, like a meadow with wildflowers that was really pretty and had paths and stuff and then after that we went into the woods um and down to this river and then we all kind of split up and did like quiet time with God and reconvened and then discussed what we heard and i have my whole life been afraid of things that if my senses are obscured like the dark um i know that's like silly cuz i'm 39 but like the dark or like things that are loud, like if I was in this, not all the time, but like, um, like I used to clean the church that I used to work at. And if I was there by myself, which it was usually by myself and I'm in this big building. And even if it was like broad daylight on a weekday or something, and I was vacuuming, I was always worried because I couldn't hear, um, or just things like that. Like, I don't like, I don't like the unknown. And, um, so while I was, I was walking around and, and listening to God and, and I was in the woods and, um, I was walking down a path and then I came upon the, the edge of like the meadow and it was big and open. And I felt kind of freaked out. Not, I mean, I wasn't like terrified, but there was something in me that was like, Oh, I don't want to walk out in the meadow, which was so backwards because for me, normally I would, I would prefer the meadow. Cause like I could see, you know, and in the woods, I can't see very far at all. And so immediately I was like, God, what's up with that? Like, um, that was so discordant with how I feel generally about everything and have like for years and years. And, um, and God was telling me that like, I can't stay comfortable in smallness. Like, I mean, even the woods, it's obscured, but like, it's cozy. Like I'm on a path and it's like this big and I can only see what's right here. And I have proximity to other people, um, who are safe people and stuff. And, um, but like God's plans are bigger than that, you know, and it requires some stepping out of the comfort zone into something open and expansive that is 
bigger than, you know, I can grasp or, or unfamiliar, um, but that, you know, I can't find, I can't, I can't find my safety and my comfort in uh, proximity to other people. Cause not all of his plans for me involve other people or in, you know, this is my cozy little safe box. Um, so. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Such a also honest, honest response. And yeah, the, the only brief comment there, yeah, you, you made me think of that. You know, I, I, better don't desire. Sometimes I find myself, I better don't need to really desire anything because I don't have to be accountable with it, right? I, I can be off the hook if you want. And uh, sometimes that is, that's hard. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so, tell us, how is this for you? Well, I... Um... The things Judith and Laura talked about resonate with me. Um, I think that um, you know I'm I, I'm good about pursuing my desire, noticing desires and pursuing them, but they tend to be the desires that I can accomplish in my own strength, or I feel that I can. So I might like. You know, I like to travel. So I'll think about where I would want to travel and I plan it. And so I do pursue that desire. But it's not, when I look at that, I go, well, that's a desire, but it's not necessarily a deepest desire. Uh, I, I think I'm often just settling for the desires that um, I can control. Uh, um and not not necessarily looking and asking that question, what are the deepest desires? And um, so I think, you know, I think this is a challenge for me, but it but it's a good one. It makes me want to, I mean, I think I need to spend some time with it. Um, I... I what I would say is that sometimes without even labeling it, I am about things sometimes that I think are deep, are very deep desires. But it's not because I've sort of come to that recognition that I've done the noticing and sifting and asking. It's just kind of flowing out of my life with the Lord. Um and if I stop and look at that, I can go, yeah, they, that that's a deep place for me. And it's uh, if, if I really think about it, it's I think it's reflective of a deep desire. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I love I love to speak words of faith to people and draw people to a place of faith. And uh, and I do that just out of my heart. Um, but I I wouldn't have labeled it as a desire. Uh, and I think there is some benefit in looking more deep, looking at that and calling it what it is and leaning into the Lord about it and asking, because that can take it deeper, you know, um, and there may be other things. So, um, the, the, that one I mentioned of you know desiring to to 
to draw people to a place of, of faith um, is, is one that definitely points me to God. Yeah, so that's wonderful. May I ask you, how it is labeling? Uh, it seems that even as you were telling us in, in, in that moment, you were saying, well, yeah, that is a deep desire in me. And uh, I don't know, what is the impact of that? Even to acknowledge that, oh my gosh, that, that has been a desire in me all the time. And maybe it comes from God. Well, I, I'd say a couple of things about that. Uh, I mean, I want to spend some more time with that. Uh, so, but this is just what comes to me. Hmm. One is that if, if I truly recognize that that's a very deep desire and it actually comes pretty naturally because it flows out of my heart, it's more satisfying to me. I, I'm able to uh, see more. Well, that's what God has me about. So I'm less likely to be going, what, what does God have for me to be about? Yeah. <laughs> in, in kind of an anxious way, because if you understand what I mean, I'm not, yeah. I, I'm not seeing it for what it is. That, yeah. That's a deep thing that God has me about. And I need to see the fullness of that and rejoice in that and yeah. lean into that and um, and experience, just experience walking in that uh, instead of sort of not by not by not quite grabbing a hold of. Yeah, that's a deep desire. In a way, I minimize it. Yes. Yeah, it's like you're saying, yeah, I like this. Like, I like vanilla or chocolate. I mean, I'm, you know, using the example, I, I like that. And then saying, well, no, this is something from God, of God in me. Actually, this is this is what call, God called me to do. This is God with me, God in me. I mean, and there's something of intimacy even there that I was he's reaffirming and empowering and well, and the second thing I wanted to say about it is it can also potentially, I think if I lean into it more and I truly ask God instead of just do my own thing with it, you know, uh, to, to the extent that it flows naturally, I think it could it could go farther. In other words, I God could be using that more. Uh, and I could be experiencing more of that. Uh, so I'm, 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 I may be limiting it. Mm -hmm. yeah. the, the passage that's just an example. There may be other things. If I'm really seeking God, I mean, that's just what comes to my mind. Yeah. God, you know, God, there may be other things because I'm not really seeking him about that. There may be other things that if I spend time with him about, May may come to the surface. Yeah, and I love I love how you share with us something that is beautiful, is is satisfying. Is you know the passage that came to mind is in Ephesians. You know where his workmanship, right? There is a, there is a, a translations where his poetry. Like I can say we were creating in in Christ to to do good works, and and those are 
kind of already prepared, right? Beforehand for us to do that. That's what comes to mind as you say, well, you know, this is far more than just me liking to affirm people. This is actually God doing something and his will being done indeed, but I'm part of it. <laughs> and it's not ego, it's not pride. It is deeply satisfying. It is something that brings joy and uh, is affirming. Really. It reminded me of something I, I want to share. It's very brief, but years ago, uh, my boss asked me, well, what do you see as your great, what, what you most have to offer? What are your qualities? What are your skills? And, you know, we had a good relationship, and I mentioned a number of things. Uh, and then I said, I think that's it. And she said, I can't believe you didn't say sense of humor. <laughs> and it dawned on me. I mean, anybody who knows me well knows that's one of the strongest things about me is, is my sense of humor. And uh, for people I know well, it comes out a lot. And uh, and most of the time, I mean, it can get out of hand, but most of the time they like that about it. And they appreciate that. And, and yet I was so taking that for granted that it wasn't even on my list. So I only bring that up is that I think there's a tendency sometimes we're not even seeing what's right in front of us. <laughs> Because maybe something about us is looking for other things, you know. I want to be <laughs> yes. I want to be seen as wise and offering wisdom. Oh, that may not be really happening, but people love my sense of humor, you know. <laughs> <So>. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Soul. Such a such a real example and I'm sure helpful for all of us. Well, thank you, friends. I think it's time for us to, to stop. And I encourage you to come uh, for our next conversation because it gets, it gets better, you know. And seeking God is not just um, a duty, right? There's a lot of desire involved. Let me send us with, with this blessing for all of us from all of us, from the Lord, for all of us. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his, fa his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I'm gonna look twice at you Until I see the Christ in you I'm looking through the eyes of love Till I'm looking through the eyes of love